Hi, this is Lou Peck from the International Bunch. I am doing this podcast today from Malta. It's a beautiful day and my apartment is right by the sea, but it is a little bit echoey. I promise I won't swear as this is live. I might make a mistake or two, so please forgive me. So the podcast I wanted to do is about Rogue Peer Review, a polysemy in the making. And this is the audio version of the editorial piece that you can now read in Research Information. This is a publication full of lots of really great editorial pieces. And they're always open to people submitting their own. So do get in touch with them. If you want to read the editorial piece on their website, then you can access this by logging in if you've already got a profile with them, or you simply register. It's free to register. So you can get access to a lot of really good industry-specific content. Okay, so let's talk about this editorial piece that I've done. Rogue Peer Review, a polysemy in the making. It's undeniable the huge investment that peer reviewers give to their community and how this effort is not only enormously valuable, but it helps us to accelerate research. The rise in popularity of tools like Publons, let's say for example, reveal the enormous effort of individuals in the community. Now I've been reading some recent author comments and it led me to explore the issue of rogue peer reviewers. What does this phrase even mean? Well, that's a question. When I first started writing this piece about rogue peer reviewers, I thought I'd build on what I'd recently discovered and do some research to validate my own thinking. A quick survey and a couple of interviews I told myself would do the trick, bish bash bosh. Well, let's just say that the insights I collected led to more definitions making the polysemy rogue peer reviewers even more complex than I originally thought. I do want to take a moment to personally thank each and every one that has helped me compile this editorial. Your input is immensely appreciated and this piece has been peer reviewed. I'll start with the common explanations I know. Someone who pretends to be a peer reviewer, they're actually not. Someone who purposely slows down the process or outright rejects a paper to roadblock a publication so their work on a similar topic can be published first. And someone who won't review unless they can publish the article publicly online. So let's say, for example, in their blog. At recent events, I wanted to hear from publishing representatives and the common recognised response was someone who pretends to be a peer reviewer they're not. The general consensus was they had not heard of someone purposely holding uh, holding back reviewing work for their own gain, which is what I started to hear from authors. Now this begs the question to ask, is this on the increase that we need to be mindful of, or after speaking to some editors who've heard of, or even experienced this, maybe it's just not widespread enough yet? I've had a lot of coffee this morning, so my mouth is going quicker than my brain. I took to Twitter with a survey to find out what I could discover, and I wondered if I was about to open a can of worms. As well as those I already suggested, I found even more definitions. Someone who purposely uses the peer review system to benefit themselves, taking manuscripts and presenting them as their own, not disclosing conflicts, etc. Someone who intentionally sabotages the work being reviewed. Someone who recommends a paper to be rejected unless it references the reviewer's work. Someone who writes negative reviews with no constructive content. 
Now, this research does not in any way discredit the phenomenal work that many peer reviewers do, but more address the recurring issues that are leaving a bad taste in the mouths of those involved, peer reviewers, authors, editors, publishing staff, etc. Amazing how one phrase can have different meanings to so many people. It's worrying, though, when you read the examples I was given, how do we address these and where do these challenges sit in the grand scheme of things of everything else that's been worked on and prioritised in the industry? It's a shame that the actions of a few can spoil it for so many, but I guess the question on my lips here is are the numbers of rogue peer reviewers on the increase? If so, what is contributing to this growth and how can we reduce or even eradicate this behaviour? Peer reviewing is hugely rewarding contribution to the community, but sometimes feels like a thankless task, with many asking for more recognition from commercial publishers, whether rewards like APCs wavered for the next papers, monetary payment, etc., or promotion and recognition from their employers. Some researchers are required to take on peer-reviewing duties as part of their role and or to help advance their career. This doesn't mean it should be a difficult process. I know from my own explorations that publishers are supporting authors and peer reviewers to address these issues that are having such a negative impact, but some are clearly doing a much better job than others. The survey yielded responders from a global audience, mostly from the academic sector, and I'm quite sure many would be of no surprise. Common challenges in addition to the definitions given earlier include quality of peer review. So like, for example, language references, adjusted to peer reviewer style, not the journal style, meaningless and non-constructive feedback, negative review due to controversial content with no constructive criticism, lack of attention to detail by the reviewer giving feedback on something already discussed in the paper, recommended readings all by one person undermining their, I can't even say that word, <laughs> oh dear, I have had a lot of coffee, anonymity, dear, oh dear, content critiqued for being too academic by an academic publisher, and quality reviews from real experts uh, within quick timescales. Another one is quality of work, so surprise at poorer quality papers from renowned authors, incomplete papers that need more work before being submitted and sent for peer review, assumption that English will be poor if they're not based in the US or in Europe, and expectation that reviewers will edit grammatical errors, for example. Another one is rejection. So the paper is rejected because reviewer doing similar work, rejected for minor typos, and rejected as peer reviewers jealous and a competitive author. Time, time taken to review, finding time to revise paper, unrealistic timelines and patience required for non-Western authors to help them surface the underlying good research. The final two are peer review recruitment, so that's finding the best qualified people when asked to suggest reviewers by the publisher can be challenging, continued engagement of quality peer reviewers, questionable practices by editors in how they, rec how they recruit reviewers, inadequate quality reviewers, expecting chapter authors to review other chapters in the same edited volume, continuing to keep peer reviewers engaged, 
work given to reviewers out of scope of their own expertise and blocking out the time of those reviewers that are committed to helping the cause. And lastly, industry pressures. So examples here are reviewers passing work off as their own. They're continuing to support publishers as they lose money to open access publication and their profit models change. Lack of trust in what gets published in open access. Predatory publishers operating on a pay-to-play model, competing bells and whistles to ensure that what is published is worthwhile research from respectable peer-reviewed sources, publishing only in institution-recognised journals, not being able or allowed to publish negative results, having to publish papers as part of course completion, like, for example, degree programmes, Jealousy from competitive authors. And then finally, authors under immense pressure to publish by their institution. Now, these are real-life examples from a community of editors, librarians, peer reviewers and authors. And I'll add the caveat that this was only a small survey to inform this editorial piece. What, we're doing to ad- what are we doing to address these challenges? Well, we can, of course, look at revisiting existing processes and have better quality control measures. What, but what developments does the community want to see? Well, this is what the survey responders said. More awards and recognition for peer reviewers. Employers recognising the peer reviewer contribution and applying towards a promotion. Wider adoption of peer review practices like transparent and open and double-blind peer review, for example. Um, authenticated peer reviews, so making sure that the peer review is fit for purpose, like having an assessment, for example, and uh, verifying their email address. Uh, constructive criticism. Faster time to publication, and a specific note there, that's in social sciences. Improved quality control and processes. More support and training for reviewers and editors to recognise and correct biases and build papers with enough consistency to allow fast, thorough peer review of suitably structured and novel work. A system to help identify rogue behaviour and eradicate it. Authors struggling to publish good work helped with better ways of doing this. And using a system that manages the whole process from submission to publication. So the industry is taking steps to help address these developments and working on solutions that will better the system. But with predatory journals on the increase, is this having an impact on peer review? One editor I spoke to said that they are regularly invited to submit papers by next week, literally, serve on their editorial boards, edit issues, etc. And all this by predatory journals. Now, we've still got some way to go and it will always need improvement, but many publishers already have fantastic resources to support and train authors and peer reviewers. But I just don't think people know what information they have available freely at their fingertips. And these are free resources all on these different publishers' websites. I've actually started to build my own central list of um, URLs of these resources and I always welcome any additions so please do reach out to me and let me know. I mean what is the point of reinventing the wheel when someone has already done such a great job? Um, F1000 has an open peer review platform, I've used that and found it works really well and just because I knew the the reviewers it didn't mean that they were biased actually, they gave some fantastic constructive criticism. 
um, it's likely you will know them from your field of expertise or at least by reputation. Um, Tima also piloted crowdsourcing peer review, also known as intelligent crowd review, with the Sinlet journal and yielded really interesting results. Over 100 qualified reviewers commented on one paper in 72 hours. As several other publishers are now trialling this approach, this innovative Apologies for the delay there. I just lost track of where I was because my, uh, my um, recording device went off. Um, this innovative way of peer review will present its own challenges, but hopefully we'll work together to learn from past mistakes and build a more robust, fair workflow. Wiley is another great example of a publisher training and um, the support for their editors at their editor annual conference, I was told by an, an editor. Of course, it doesn't all fall on the shoulders of the publishers and editorial boards to improve peer review, but to the community as a whole. Authors should feel encouraged to report if they feel a peer reviewer or editor is acting unethically, or to note non-preferred peer reviewers, if identifiable, with their manuscript submission. If reviews aren't constructive, make sure you feed this back. Certainly some editors I've spoken to actively reject reviews and get another for an author if it's not constructive. Some of these challenges are not going to be addressed overnight, but I'd like to see some intensive research done in this area, encompassing a whole range of publishers, service providers, um, and the author and peer reviewer communities, concluding with a clear strategy and recommendations. I mean, what trends are we seeing? How common are these challenges? What is being done to reduce or even eradicate these issues? And how can we collaborate through our learned experiences to support this community? Let's celebrate our communities by supporting them further in what they do and start addressing some of these issues before they become significant problems, if they aren't already. Thanks so much for listening and bye from Malta.